Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, hi, Jake. Hello, James. And welcome back to Praise Dionysus. Praise him. Praise him. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Everyone Wants to Be Emma by ZKM Productions, mm-hmm. Seduction by The Lowbrow Outfit, and A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum by Watch This. Ah. It's quite a, quite a, uh, uh, tis twister. Quite there. a twister. Mouth, a word twister? What's the phrase? A tongue twister. Tongue twister. What was that entire list? Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess that whole list would be hard to say three times fast. Do you want to give it a go? No! All right. Well, (laughs) I'm about to. Here we go. No, I don't want you to overwhelm yourself. You know, I don't want you to overwhelm the old, the old mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Just hit it. How's it going? Oh, so good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> How are you, Jen? Super fine. Super fine. Yeah. That's good. Have um, you healed? You weren't here last recording because yes. of what well, you were struck down by uh, Scarlet Fever. That t- there were actually several instances recently we've been able to, we've had to postpone recording. The first one I was unwell due to the cold, mm-hmm. which was a plague. The second one I had what I thought was food poisoning. Mm. Uh, turns out it was actually, I gave Flynn and I uh, zinc poisoning. And Flynn is some man you my met on a boyfriend, bus. My boyfriend. <gasps> Your boyfriend. Two and a half years. Oh, yes. you just got a boyfriend, just got and a then boyfriend you gave him an illness. Ago, I gave him an illness. Uh, we <laughs> in the morning went out to go and go for a quick brunch, uh, and then I was like, "We're both feeling a bit under the weather, uh-huh. uh, so have some zinc." And I gave us two tablets of zinc each, and on an empty tum tum, it made us both feel zinc ju- poisoned. <laughs> zinc poisoned. Like Flynn, I'm, I'm sorry, Flynn had a vomit. Uh, and and I I also had like a very bad belly, so we had to call it. Um, right. Thought it was food poisoning. On reflection, we realised it was in fact the zinc. So, but in answer to your so question, be careful out there, everybody. Don't over zinc it. Don't don't. Yeah. What are you zinking? Good. That's that's really good actually. No. It took me a second to realise what you had said because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a bit of a zinker. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> the unzinkable Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this ship can never be zinked. <laughs> Surely you mean zunk. <laughs> No, no. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. So no, I'm feeling better now. Feeling better now, uh, and I'm happy to be here with you, Jake, my dear friend. Uh uh-huh. How are you, Jake? How are your your times without me? <laughs> better than with. No, that's you know when you when the universe lobs you a chance to insult someone, you take it. Not often. <laughs> I'm a nice person. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, what was your question? Fine. How have you been, Jake? What Super have you been fine. Doing? Great, just theatre, just, you know, you know, making these two shows theater. happen. Yes. Yeah, two shows are happening, mm-hmm. what are they? Uh, that's fine, we don't need to be, you know, plugging my undertakings, but one involves you, which is exciting. It is exciting, I'm mm-hmm. doing a show uh, uh, that Jake has written, it's very exciting, yeah. I'm having exciting times. That's good. So come along and see them. That's great. Um, but yeah, but otherwise, in recent history, as recent as today even, here's oh. an anecdote. Oh. This is really something that sprung up, I didn't expect what? this to be part of my day, but okay. here it is. I've told no one of this, it's so recent, no one's heard this story Jake, yet. tell me the <laughs> fucking story! Oh, it's a story! Oh, you better Oh, you bet something happened. Oh, and I'm gonna Batten retell down it. down them hatches! <laughs> Okay, I am so, holding onto my seat. So this morning I went grocery shopping. Let's not get sidetracked by how fascinating okay. that fact is. Well, what were you grocery shopping for? <laughs> Groceries. Oh. I needed to be more gross. And so off to the <laughs> store <you>? I went. <laughs> and yeah, on my way there, I was like, oh, I was walking down this street that I always walk down. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I you know, enjoy the side streets more so than the main ones. Yes. You know, I just, I'm just into the underdog. Shut the fuck up, hurry up. Go on. <laughs> walking down the street. And then I see like some sort of like activity ahead. 
Okay. You know? And it's like, the road's blocked off. It's like, I'm intrigued. And then there are, there's like a Desperate Housewives-style clump of people looking at something oh, together. Oh, murder. You know? Murder? Not murder. murder but, but at this point, it could have been murder. I don't know. So, yeah. of course, I walk towards it. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. And, yeah, it's like police tape. And it's like, what's oh, going? You nosy, nosy bastard. On. Yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, went up. Took a squiz, which that traffic helicopter woman would always say about, like, traffic jams. It's like, oh, there's a, there's, a, there's an accident on the freeway, but everyone's slowing down to take a squiz, and that's why everything's slowing what down. What show was this? This was, I think, Channel 7 News, and I always found it weird that someone that was in such a powerful position, which I've only deemed to, like, be powerful, because I feel like she's in charge of the traffic and has a helicopter, but she would always refer to it as taking a squiz. And it's like, was someone she... could be dead, Samantha. Was she in the helicopter? Yes. Really? That's how she saw the, the traffic accident. Remember oh. they would like cut to the traffic like helicopter person? The eye in the sky. Yes, and it's like, who are you helping? Everyone watching this is at home. Yeah. And also, I always assumed for some reason that they would have like just the feed from the helicopter and the news person would just commentate that. What does that mean? Oh, so you think they would just be watching the footage from a helicopter. There was like an unmanned helicopter. Well, that's what they would do now. And they'd be in the studio just being like, well, that that looks pretty clever. Going to take a squiz. Um, yeah, I thought that's what they did. I didn't realise they actually got in the helicopter. Yeah, they had a blonde lady with little headphones on. Um, but yes, so went up, saw, yeah, amongst the clump of my neighbours. And it was like there was a man standing on a roof and there were these two... Like, a police negotiator people <gasps> in this, like, cherry picker. Wait, how, wait, how, how high up is this roof? It's what? like a three-story building. Oh, my God. I'd say so there's, like, a young man on top of the building holding onto, like, a television antenna thing. Like, this big pointy metal rod. Oh. Um, and these men in this cherry picker are, like, talking to him, trying to convince him to get off the roof. Oh. And I was like, this is stressful. And it's like, I feel like I'm making things worse by being here. So I walk away. I then go down the next street nearby. That one's also blocked off. But it's like, hmm, <laughs> I've got a better view from this street. <laughs> so, no, well, I was curious about... And I, let me just say, no one gets hurt in this story. Of course, oh, thank everyone is so fine. Uh-huh. Um, but yes. No, yeah. So then I was like standing in this other street, like by myself, sort of just like watching this thing from like a safe but close enough distance to hear the conversation. But standing there, uh-huh. and I'm st- like, yeah, you know, just like watching what is happening. Because, I mean, you know, I'm just a curious person. You're our eye on the ground. I am the yes. I am the mole. Yes. No, that's confusing no, no, no. because moles are something else. And they also What's something with eyes on the ground? I guess a person. <laughs> <laughs> You're our, our human reporter. I'm your street person. Yes. <laughs> and no boy are you. Thank you. Great. So you're there listening. So like I'm standing there watching truly an ideal view of this predicament. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. And it's like sad and upsetting and strange. But again, th- do, 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 is there more to the story that's going to surprise us, or do we think? Yes. Up there's there? a twist coming. Okay, I'm ready for the twist. Sorry, um, I won't ask. Yeah. I'll save questions so, until the end. I'm watching this altercation occur. I'm watching these two negotiator people trying to save this man, saying things like, we've called your parents. We have water. Get into our cherry picker. Please what? put down the TV aerial. You might hurt us or yourself. Okay. You know, that type of thing. I don't know what this man's plan is. Let's is just... it, does it look like he's up there to jump? I don't want to talk about what he's potentially doing up there because right. all, the out- all the options are scary. Okay, yeah, fair <laughs> yeah, enough. Yeah, fair he's enough, up enough. there and shouldn't be and they're trying to stop him from being up there anymore. Good on them. With their cherry picker. But then, <laughs> and this is where the story <laughs> takes a jakey twist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting either glitter or like... The most beautiful man in the world. Oh my God! <laughs> comes by on a bicycle. Jake. And then he's like, what's going on? And I explained to him, as I just did, as your person on the ground, as, yes, your, as the praised Dionysus praise him street person <laughs> <laughs> and I 
just fill him in on what's going on. He has questions. I answer them. Um, and then, yeah, we continue to have, like, a delightful back and forth. And then the two of us, yeah, he, like, takes off his helmet. He puts his little glasses on. He's got gorgeous hair on He's the helmet. He's so beautiful. Oh, lovely. Oh, my God. Like, really rattlingly so. Mm. But, yeah, we have this, like, nice back and forth. And it was good because it was, like, a really good test of our compassion as people. Because, of course, we're watching something that could be very tragic. It could be very bad. But it was this test moment of, like, no, we are both being, like, the right level of respectful for this situation. Mm-hmm. But also managing to be very, like, charming and lovely. So you'd work well as a married couple, is what you're saying. It was a wonderful audition for that. Sort yeah, of, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes, it was very, very great. And so, yeah, hung out there for a while. We watched the man get taken down. And then we were like, well done, that went well. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't get a name or a number? No. Jake! All I, no, all I did, and this, for me, is gigantic okay. in terms of, like, any level of flirtation. Yeah. It's like, as we were, like, he, he was putting his little helmet back on, getting back on his bicycle to go. And he was like... Okay, well, <laughs> he said something sort of passive and kind. And then I was like, yeah, we should do it again sometime. Oh. Jokingly, because how often would we have the opportunity to watch a roof That's rescue? That's a funny joke. What I'm did glad you, you think what so. What did you say to that? He chuckled, yeah. got up on his bicycle. And then as he was like, like going past me on his bike to say goodbye, he looked back, winked, and gave me a thumbs up. <laughs> oh, that's not exactly the gayest thing in the world. That's the thing. It very much read as going home to his female fiancé. Yes. But <laughs> never... weird gay version, that is. <laughs> Um, but yes, no, I don't know. But that's that's that. You know what, Jake? I will say this for you. What? That is a bold move for you to For make. me? Yes. I'm yes. proud of you for that step. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's like a two-year-old knowing, like, I don't know, doing, like, jump rope or something. I'm glad you followed that up quickly. <laughs> what do you mean? Just don't bring up two-year-olds when it comes to flirting. <laughs> sure. No, no. I was like, oh, maybe this is inappropriate to say. Someone showed me a picture of their cat yesterday. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's my cat. I was like, I'm sorry, but it's like not being attracted to two-year-olds. I just don't have a thing for <laughs> cats or two-year-olds. Maybe we should wrap this <laughs> they up. They both I... elicit a similar response of like, I don't care about this. I mean, you, you don't want either of them to die. That's what I said. It's like, look, I, I'm happy for them to exist. I just want no part of it. Sure, I said it before. I do, I'll say it again. A legalized pet. Anytime anyone shows me a picture of their pets, sure, or baby, I'm like, uh, that's the thing. Yeah, no, just um, unless care, the baby has really. just solved an impossible equation or is. I don't know. What other thing would it take for you to be like, that's a good photo of a baby? I think it would have to be the baby committing a crime. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, like like a mur- murdering baby at large. Sure. So, which would be what? Like a baby riding the bus with a disguise on? Yeah, I guess so, if it's at large. Right. <laughs> anyway, so how was your last week or so? Oh, God, Jake, it's been great. Um, What have I been doing? I went to a, a, a birthday party over the past few days, mm-hmm. the, in the weekend. It was like this fabulous house party, pub-themed. Okay. So it was like, they had organised a keg. It was like, beers on tap. They had a TV set up out in the backyard, in the courtyard, with like the racers on. Uh, they had like a big sign up saying like the Lions Club, which was like this person's, which was funny because it's related to this person. Uh, and then there was like pub trivia. It was a great night. Great. Great, gorgeous night. Good people. Good blokes. Um, but otherwise I've been good. Great. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything exciting I need to share. Not really. How many stars would you give your week? I'd actually give my week like a solid 28 stars. That's how, how, how old this person turned their birthday. It was a great birthday. 28 okay. stars. Exciting. Thank you. What about you, Jake? How many stars? Um, I'll give it uh, 10 stars because that's how many digits are in my phone number. And if anyone knows a bespectacled, what? handsome cyclist, <laughs> give my phone number to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, there are 10 numbers in a phone. <laughs> 
wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, that's how yeah, math Because it's works. a clump of four, then a clump then of three, and a clump of three. Some people do it weird. They do it like a clump of like three, a clump of three, a clump of three, and then one. Well, you phase those people out of your life. I should, but I work in an industry where I have to talk to most people. Who... You have to talk to most people. Well, most people. That's your pub- job. In the public health system. Here we go. That's yeah, a much yeah, smaller yeah, yeah. collection of people. That's a lot more people that use that silly way of numbers than you think. Hi. Hi. Um, I went to see a show mm-hmm. at La Mama Courthouse. Oh, yeah. Yes. One of La Mama... Ex- uh, one of the La Mama explorations. Great. Yeah. So um, they get the they get three nights in the space, don't they? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. To get to explore a new idea and help work out where a show should like you know develop next yeah. in terms of its direction. Terrific. Right? Yeah. Love La Mama. Love yeah. La Mama. So great. So great. So went along. Uh, wandered on in. Move. Mm. Um, and Full House... Packed to the, the rafters. Show? Oh, <laughs> packed to the rafters in there. It was just immediately very full, which was always, uh, always exciting. I, you, I, just, you, I just feel like with so many shows, when it's like an empty-ish audience, you feel a little bit like, mm. but with this one, that was zinging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How's that? Do you like that for a uh, uh, unique thought? That you were zinging. I was zinging. I was excited. <laughs> okay. I feel, like, I feel like we would define thought differently. Yeah. <laughs> I think we would. In that you would define it and I would not. And I get distracted by how it sounds like someone with a lisp saying sort. <laughs> yeah, I thought thumb. That is that's funny. Um, oh, no, never mind. Actually. What? No, another show that I've seen that we'll talk about later. Someone had a lisp. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, stick around, everybody. I was thinking about you. Or should I say, stick around? Oh! <laughs> Continue. We love lisps. On so this show. you are wander, you enter, and I you wander. Are I move in. I'm alone. Uh, we sit on down. I'm maybe in like the third or fourth row. Okay. Um, in the you court. did say we. We the audience. You all sit in the third row. Okay. I Jake. <laughs> You're telling a story. Okay. <laughs> I walk in. I sit in perhaps the third or fourth row. You're learning English very we, well. We the audience <laughs> is. I ran, we ran, we will run. Nice conjugation. Thank you so much. Um, so, I'm, by this point, I'm sitting down. Okay. Uh, and the show begins. Now, I did not know anything about the show, uh-huh. other than mm. it was uh, a six different versions of the same but woman. But does it have a title? Everyone Wants to Be Emma. Great. Did I not say that already at the start? I don't know. <laughs> I think I... D- oh, maybe I didn't. Well, the show is Everyone Wants to Be Emma. I believe you. Sure. Oh, God, maybe just put that... Fix it in post. Put it no. back at the start. <laughs> I'll probably leave it, but continue. Thanks, Jake. You're all, you've always been a friend of mine. Um, written by uh, Zadie Kennedy McCracken and Ella Crowley. Um, Ella was also in the show. Zadie directed. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho... Very good point. Um, <laughs> should probably say what the show is. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So the show starts, and all I know is that it's uh, the show is about six versions of the same woman undergoing like a beauty pageant. Undergoing a beauty pageant. Well, yes. Sure. No, it's just a fun choice of verb. I would not say undergo. Like, I feel like a beauty pageant is something that is, by, from what I've seen mm. and what I understand culturally, a beauty pageant is something that is done to people. Okay. Like it is very much <laughs> inflicted on someone. <laughs> In that it That's leaves, how you feel? It, I feel like it leaves marks on them mentally. Have you not seen... Are you just thinking of toddlers and tiaras? No, I'm thinking of that one set in Minnesota. Drop oh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes. But does that only happen to them because a bunch of them die? I mean, you wouldn't say that it didn't happen to them. I'm unsure of what this conversation is. <laughs> so the beauty pageant happens. A lot of people do it willingly, though. Oh, totally. Denise Richards is very excited to be in that pageant. I'm happy for Denise. God. <laughs> 
<laughs> who is either an actor from Drop Dead Gorgeous or in Toddlers and Tiaras. Oh my god, okay. Which one? <laughs> I just... Uh, she was in Drop Dead Gorgeous. I knew it. I I'm just trying it. to think of what... Yeah, no. Continue. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I was... At the start, initially, I was expecting it to be a one-person show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I had no idea how it was going to work, but I was excited. Mm. Even more exciting, the show starts. Oh! <laughs> Zadie! You fucking Zadie's genius. a genius. Uh, out walks uh, Celine Ajabal. Mm-hmm. Uh, just beautiful, tall, elegant, refined. Comes on. I'm like, okay, great. We're just going to watch Celine do a bunch of theatre for the next hour. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. So Celine has like this little starting preening like ritual to get ready for the pageant. Mm-hmm. And then more... You make Celine sound like a chicken, but go on. <laughs> well, in many ways, beauty pageants are all about judging who the best bird is. Oh, no. God, I didn't realize you had so much material about what you think about pageants. I've had a lot, I've had a lot of thoughts. I've seen Little Miss Sunshine. God. You know, I've had a lot of thoughts about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Did you like Little Miss Sunshine? I love Little Miss Sunshine. How come? Um... I just, I just liked it. I think I thought the car, the acting was really great. I thought like the moments between the family were quite like. What sticks out to you was like the moment. The moment. Oh, it's for me. It's when um that uh the the boy who the pilot back, screams down the hill. Screams down the hill. Mm-hmm. Vow silence. You're colorblind. You can't fly. Screams on the hill. That's magnificent. Yeah, that for me was the best moment. Me in too. The whole movie. Yeah, yeah, right. It's literally that moment. It's the part where the old man tells Abigail Breslin that she's really pretty. Oh. And then that's it. <laughs> then the rest of the movie yeah. happens around those two moments. Yes. I don't care about her stupid dance. I thought the dance was brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, it's just <laughs> okay. this cute girl doing like a like a like a dance, and she doesn't quite understand what the context of the dance is, but she's doing it because it makes everyone happy. Sure, I think because that's... a pageant is happening to her. Well, exactly. She doesn't get it. It's happening to her. Thank you for proving my point. Yes, yes. Where's thank the you for Miss Sunshine... understanding sarcasm. Are they going to do a Little Miss Sunshine musical? There currently is a production happening yeah. in a community theatre in Bo Morris of Little Miss Sunshine, the play. Okay. I think I don't think it's a musical. I we think should it's go just and the see. Play. It. Um, we should go see it. Yeah. I think it's about to close. Well, then so, off, you go, off, you, off you trot. Off I trot. Yeah, I'm not going to Bo Morris. You've been there before. I though. love the Bo Morris Theatre. I company. know you do. Ah! Anyway. Anywho, so you're watching sorry. Celine Prince. Watching Celine, Celine Prince, and then more people enter the space. More people? <laughs> more people! Okay. Which was genuinely a shock to me because I had so totally mentally prepared myself for <gasps> more people. Would be people that live in the moors. Continue, I'm getting no, distracted. No, 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 no. <laughs> moors. Yes. What's that? Aren't they like... Is it's it like almost a swamp. I thought it was like a collection of like like little piers where you store boats. Oh, you're. I think you're right. But also no, because in Maleficent, that's where Maleficent lives. She lives in the moors, which I thought was like more of swamp. It's kind thing. of swampland, and she lives there. The moors, like the moors next to the meadows. I, I don't know if you need meadows to have moors. You don't, but it's like meadows could be next to moors. That's what I'm saying. So could a bunch of windmills. Okay. I don't know if there's. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, Dick Don Quixote out of here. Windmills. Don no. Quixote. I believe you. Man. Anyway, we're getting distracted by nothing. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so over the course of the next like five minutes, um, Bridie Noonan, Bridie Kelly. More Brideys. <laughs> two Brideys, I think is already a terrific feat in itself. It's a good amount. It's a good amount. Uh, uh, Shane Aranjan, Ali Winslow, and Ella Crowley, who, as we said earlier, also wrote the show, um, emerge into the space. All of them gorgeous. All of them like just floating across the stage. And like they Spooky. all... Spooky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, over the like the course of five minutes, I keep thinking to myself, oh, that has to be it. And then another one of them walks out, and I'm just like, 
floored and excited for the prospect of six beautiful people to do a show in front of me. Mm-hmm. So you were famously anti-ugly. I'm, oh, God, yes. God, yes? Yes, but I think anyone can be beautiful if you just find what makes it work for you. That is interesting. What do you think of that? I think for an anti-ugly person, that's a pretty insane lie for you to throw out into the No, universe. I'm not anti-ugly. I would say I'm anti the idea of ugly. <laughs> How's that? Something. Spun it. Spun it around. Yeah, yeah, well done. I think we should reject the notion that ugly exists. Well, it's one of the themes in this show. So the show sort of boils dead. So it's, I will say I, it's, it was one of those shows. I, I had a Jake moment mm-hmm. where most of the show I didn't know what was going on, but I was having a great time. Uh-huh. Which is the Jake moment. That is not the second part is not inherent to a Jake moment. A Jake moment is not understanding what's going on. It doesn't mean he's having a good time. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Um, okay, so I had a Jake James moment, which is where I don't know what's going on, but I enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, because I'm dumb. I don't need much to make me happy. Yeah. Um, so watching the show, having a good time. It, it ends up being a collection of scenes between these different versions of the same woman, Emma. Like they're all called Emma and. That I found out after the fact, because obviously I didn't know there were this many people in there. Mm -hmm. The characters are actually named, like, there's Jock Emma, played by Bridie Noonan. Nerd Emma, which was Celine Ajabong. Um, Prom Queen Emma, Bridie Kelly. Goth Emma, Shay Naranjan. Class Clown Emma, Ali Winslow. And Romantic Emma, Ella Crowley. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, and it should be noted... That in writing notes for this, I sort of wrote some initial notes as I sort of got out of the show and I sort of had to name the characters myself in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I got pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying that I'm amazing, saying that they portrayed their characters so well uh-huh. and visually identified them enough that they sort of really did carry those across. I got, um, for Jock Emma, I got Butch Emma. Uh-huh. Uh, for Nerd Emma, I got Overachiever Emma. Uh-huh. Uh, for Prom Queen Emma, I got uh, Housewife Emma. Because she was she was in this beautiful sort of fifties and sixties gown, and she had like her talent was um, the ribbon dance with the rib, like ribboning around, and she had this sort of always on the edge of a breakdown energy. Okay, which sort of made me think housewife. Goth Emma, I also got Goth Emma. Well done, because she was just very classically gorgeously goth. Uh, romantic Emma. Ella Crowley, I, I had down as doll Emma, like okay. like a beautiful doll. Like she's a big doll Emma. Because she was... Do- oh, yeah, well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Not really. Um, <laughs> to me it is. Um, but she was... Uh, so romantic Emma was more of like a... Um, obviously a romantic. It I read it as sort of being a sort of the aloof sort of little bit crazy one. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. Which I think came across well. Uh, and class clown Emma, I had comedian Emma. So... Kudos to these characters for being well-defined that someone who has never seen the show or engaged with the work ever before was able to identify pretty much all of them. I'm a genius. You should start doing it for every show where you try to take a swing at naming characters. But Jake, if I ever saw any of your show, I'd have to just continue... I'd continuously call anything that you played ugly because I do believe in ugly. I've brought it back. I've hurt you. I've turned it into an insult. What do you think about that? Well-crafted, James. James. Thank you. (laughs) So the show, yeah. Proceeds to be uh-huh. um, sort of the interactions between these different versions of the same woman. Yeah. Um, with so these different sort of facets of her life that sort of clash against each other, and the things that unite them, and the things that sort of separate them. So they there's the, it's it's full. The show is full of moments of sort of poetry, moments of sort of one-off scenes between two characters. And so then, it's not structured like a beauty pageant. It's not like not now presenting really. the goth one. Not really. No, not okay. really. There, there are definitely moments where they have like they had, do show off their talents throughout the show. Um, for instance, like romantic Emma Ella Crowley, she has a, a song she performs which is beautiful. 
Um, as I said earlier, the prom queen Emma Bridie has the ribbon dance. So, but it's not like in a talent portion of the no, show. No, there's, there's a swimsuit portion later on okay. when they all change into swimsuits. Yep. Um, and I need to, at that, this point, call out um, Chiara Valentino, costume designer, mm. because six people with six beautifully defined and distinct costumes... Uh, and then also the swimsuits, which were all unique and different as well. I just wanted to shout out, they were all sort of themed with each other quite well. They were distinct enough. It just, I just thought it was a good job. Great. So I wanted to say that straight mm-hmm. away. Um, but no, there was no, it was not distinctly s- d- structured as a talent show. Great. It seemed to be more uh, of a nebulous space d- sort of used to have this vehicle to sort of process. I'm not sure if perhaps either Ella or Zadie had recently gone through a breakup okay because and i say that because a lot of one of the running themes that all of the emmas share is they all have an ex-boyfriend named paul okay and they, they bring it up every now and again and there's like a lot of moments of all of them speaking in unison about the same things and one of them is about like they mentioned their ex-boyfriend paul they mentioned like the struggles they under in life just performing so i took it to sort of be as life is a pageant you're always performing but what version of yourself are you going to put out there today what version of yourself do you feel most in line with and how do you sort of keep all of these versions of yourself under wraps in like this world? So that's what I sort of took the actual pageant to be. Sure. Yeah. Sure, which I guess kind of aligns with the idea of like me being from the outside and just knowing the title and now what you've described the premise to be. The presumption being everyone wanting to be Emma is that there's a drive inside of all of these different versions of Emma to mm. be the foremost Emma. Yeah, very much so. Okay. I'd, I'd say that's absolutely right. And very much like all of them have... The same, like they all of them have a good enough like reason to be on the main stage. Like all of them have uh, the in, metaphorical main stage. The metaphorical main stage. Okay. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, to sort of take the spotlight. And um, for instance, um, Jock Emma uh, Bridie Noonan has like um, this sort of horrible story about family trauma that she shares, um, which sort of led, and, and she's now sort of this more uh, rough and tough version of Emma. Like, so is someone trying to? Are they trying to win? I guess I'm hung up on this pageant thing. Is there is someone going to win? Is that the understanding? There's a winner at the end. I won't spoil who it is. Okay, but there is a winner. There is a winner and there is definitely... Does that, does that overhang everything? Is the idea that at the end d- of this, someone will win? Again, this is the Jakey moment of, okay. of the whole thing. I wasn't quite sure how the pageant worked. Okay. Because um, there was definitely moments of uh, clashing between them. For instance, nerd Emma, um, Celine, who I thought was overachiever Emma, yep. she was very much there to win. Like, her talent was this beautiful dance that she performed, but I, you couldn't tell until then because she had spoke about so often about all her different talents and all the things that she keeps working on. Um, but again, I, I'm not quite sure how the, the pageant worked. And that's why I'm excited that this show was an exploration of La Mama because, mm. again, it's I'm adding this show to one of my, my many lists now of shows I'm excited to see again because I'm excited to see where it goes. Cool. Because um, I believe this is the first time this work has been done to an audience that I believe was the first time this cast in particular had come together and this cast was really fantastic. Mm. Um, Celine in particular commanded the space, the space just so effortlessly and I just found myself drawn to them every time they performed no matter what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they were just in the background. Um, just one of those performers that you really just can't take your eyes off. Um, yeah, so the, but the show was full of just so many moments of beautiful images. Like, they were very good at striking a tableau or creating some sort of scene where these six fabulous and beautiful performers were just sort of displayed so perfectly with each other that, that it didn't matter that I didn't know what was going on. I was having a beautiful visual feast the whole time. 
and it almost felt a little bit commedia dell'arte in the way that you could see all six of these different parts of Emma and immediately you could realise what that one was thinking just by the way they were sort of dressed and acting, what this one was going to do, what that one was going to do and what they all wanted to get out of it. And so you did sort of get this sense of, yeah, I can see how this is the six parts of Emma's mind sort of tussling with each other to sort of see how they're going to get to the top spot and what that even means. Mm. Um, which is why I'm excited to see it when, if, even when they do it again, because I, I, I do hope there's some more, I don't know, some, for me personally, I hope there's some more sort of actual narrative plot thread that goes through it, um, that can maybe tie it all together. Um, because yeah, I really love these performers. Um, and I need to know, Jake, if you were in a talent show. Yes. <laughs> Why would your talent be? Well, my talent be in a talent show. Uh, in, a, in a pageant. I guess they all had to do a talent, so I'm saying, what would your talent be in a pageant? In a pageant. Mm. Hmm, do you want to answer? Do you know what yours would be? Uh, not immediately. No, I, um, I gave it a brief thought. I thought maybe I would do like a stand-up comedy, but that's already taken. So like, let's assume we're in this show and you're trying to pick something distinct. Um, well, I think, even just having not seen the show, I'm imagining like based on the, the pageants that I've witnessed in media, I would say if I wanted to win, which I'm going to assume that I do want Absolutely, to do, yes, I'm in do. the pageant, I am going to pursue my goal of victory I'd say what seems to be the case is you have to do something that makes you stand out don't sing someone else is already singing 100% um, if you're going to dance it has to be something pretty standout spectacular but I mm -hmm. think we're all kind of a bit numb to people dancing well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think you'd have to do something kind of weird I think what you'd want yeah. to do is find something kind of ridiculous I think that people would appreciate you doing something that doesn't leave you looking beautiful the entire time mm. I think even if you wanted to do like I'm going to eat seven pies in a row I think something that makes that's, you kind of stick out that's great it's like oh that was funny and memorable because you want to be memorable you do that's the thing you want to be memorable you know um, so I think that's the challenge is you not being seven pies yeah you <laughs> something like that something, I need time to think about it but that's just something the most that Jake answer I've ever heard uh -huh. pies or like I don't if it's even just like I don't know trying to juggle I don't know what it would be but something ah. that just like yeah sets you apart makes you look vaguely competent mm. but I think something that I don't know also leaves room for you to just be kind of like a bit charming I think totally something yeah, yeah. Let, let your personality shine and because so much of a pageant seems to be like gloss and shimmer and shine like I think people would appreciate I don't know what the judges are prioritising I haven't met them yet yeah. but I think if you at least want to feel like the crowd favourite or something I think you'd need to do something that lets people in a bit and sees beneath the shiny veneer of your big fake teeth that's that's a really solid answer. It's it was, you went to a pageant early recently, didn't you? Um, that what, was more that like was a, a like an underground uh, like queer extravaganza thing. Oh, I'm sorry, you're very cool. <laughs> no, no, it was very much uh, no, no, with a woman like beautiful New Zealand person, yes. and he was like, yeah, let's go to this thing. So no, it's not a lifestyle that I you know lead too fervently, but I was there. The only at an queer I, pageant. The only pageants that I've sort of witnessed have been at work. At um at uh, uh events space where we used to work at. Yes, and there was um big pageant they did there every year which was always quite famous for being kind of funny to watch that Irish one yeah what was like the, the Rose of Tralee Rose of Tralee mm. uh, it was always good there was always the same sort of pageant like talents there was always singing there was always um, something and then there was one talent where I think she brought on a painting that she didn't actually paint on stage which was like here's a painting I did and that was her talent, and it wasn't a very good painting. <laughs> and I thought that was quite Well, funny. it's good that she didn't cheat. <laughs> well, we don't know. We didn't see her do the painting. Well, but that, you could just bring on a Vermeer and be like, look what I did. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's mm. what my talent would be. I would, like, bring on, like, just, like, a really beautiful decadent feast. And be like, look what I cooked. There you go. That's my talent. <laughs> That's, I think, what my talent would be. Lying. <laughs> yeah, and then what if you tricked them all? And then you reveal that actually the talent was lying afterwards. Uh, something. Sure, sure. 
Then you can have like a rich debate about the difference between acting and lying. Is there a difference? Well, that's what your talent would be, fielding that conversation. <laughs> right, so feel, that's, hey, that is a talent. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, have, like operating a town hall. Yeah, I suppose that's a talent. 100%, absolutely. Yeah. Someone needs to operate the town hall, and mm. it's not going to be uh, the person that did that painting in Rose of Chalice. That's not a terrible idea, the idea of like your talent being kind of like under wraps. You know, like people not being sure what talent it is that you're showcasing. The whole time. Well, just for the... I imagine you, what, have seven minutes to show this thing? It's like people oh, think, sure, sure, sure. Oh, he's... Oh, he, 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 he cooks that food. That's something, I guess. But then it turns out that's not the talent. You know, it's like a, like a Russian nesting doll of talent. Oh, I like that. And he, at the end, it's like, my talent was... <laughs> after all this time, it's come to pass that my talent to do that is actually... Wasting seven minutes. That's it. <laughs> my talent is stealing money out of your pockets when you're not looking. That sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. That would be actually a talent. That would actually be a genuine talent. If, if you... What... If you saw a talent, mm. what do you think is like something that you would see that is not a huge amount of effort but would impress you? Low effort but impressive. Yeah. What is even an example? Of that? I guess like oh, anytime so anyone can do that impressive whistle with their hands. Oh, I have no interest in that guy. I think that's very interesting. I can. I, I think. That's I feel cool. like that feels like you had a, like a quiet afternoon or like one of those very outdoorsy fathers. I feel like that's all that fucking is. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. All that nonsense. Like that. That. No. No. <laughs> Needs <laughs> that, to be impressive. I think I'm too jaded to find anything like that very impressive. You are a very jaded person. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Jake, do you want to be Emma? Do I want to be Emma? Yeah, that's the question. Um, I don't know her, but she sounds very multifaceted. She does sound multifaceted. At least six-faceted. Wow, six facets. Um, here's a a quick question. If you had to break your person... I just thought of this on the spot. Don't know how I didn't think of this earlier. Hmm. If you had to break your personality up into six versions of yourself to perform in a pageant, (laughs) what would those six... Let's reduce it to four. Let's be nice. What would those four be? Four versions of me that are competing in a pageant. In your brain. In In a pageant in your brain. Let's assume it's in... Well, that's where I assume this is all taking place. I don't think it's a real... You literally just saw a play where this happened. Why wouldn't it be a play, James? Uh, sure, but I, I, in the, even in the play, I don't think this is real. I think Because it was happening in a nebulous pageant space. It's a nebulous space. pageant space. So let's assume that you have to split your personality up into four per, four versions of yourself. So the presumption is that I want to meet these four people? Not at all. No, no, no. So what am I doing? I'm just you don't need to listing meet them. four qualities I have. Four yeah. qualities of yourself that you think would... This is not a hard question. Four <laughs> versions of yourself that would, if you were to wave a, wave a magic wand, yep. split you into four like archetype versions of yourself, uh-huh. what would they be to be in this pageant? <laughs> I love how you said this isn't a hard question. It's okay, not! So I magically break myself into four facets of myself. I, don't, I assume I don't have to encompass every element of myself in these four people. Not at all, no. Um, I keep on coming back to who I'd want to spend time with. I imagine I have to like adjudicate the, the pageant. Sure, I sure. don't know. I don't know. I'm not interesting enough to warrant four but facet I think the, people. The, the point of the show was sort of embracing all these different parts of you, no matter what you think of them, okay, no matter how you don't get along with them. I don't get along with them. I no, want I want them all. We all know. <laughs> I guess. I uh, the, the part of me that is very into like, um, like witchcraft and darkness and uh, like it, it, quack, connecting quack. to like quack quack, connecting to like the you know the, the vibrational frequencies of the universe and all that We'd sort call of that thing. Spooky Jake. Spooky Jake. He'd be there. I'd say. Um, I maybe like the optimistic parts of me that are just kind of like indefatigably kind of like upward looking and I don't know the, the type that sort of like gallivants about in the summer light I guess is, is there that... enough of that to make up a that's why I want to meet him I thought okay, maybe he might sure. be a good influence I'd say maybe um, um, I really want to spend some time with like loquacious anger 
I think. Oh, yeah. You know, I think I want to talk to him as a person. I want to see how he lives. Yeah. And then I think, I don't know, and then just like something to do with love. Something. Oh, God, yeah, that would definitely be there. Yeah, someone just, you know, in like, I don't know, unironically in like a big floppy French hat and like, you know, writing in a notebook. I think. You'd yeah. definitely be there. I think he'd be the main one. Sure, that's one take. Mm. Sure. Why? Do you Have you got your four facet people in mind? Uh, let me have a think. I would have Horny James. He would definitely be there. He'd be the leader. He'd, be, he'd <laughs> probably be the leader, let's be real. Uh, Horny James. Um, uh, oh, God. Uh, what about Can't Read James? Illiterate James. <laughs> Illiterate. That's all of them. That's that, that just trying well, to None of them can read. None of them. Oh, God, no. Um, <laughs> okay, everyone, look at the cue cards. Well, that won't help. You're only looking in different directions. <laughs> Um, so none of them can read this puppet show It will tell you what to do <laughs> Thank you You know us very well uh, Horny James uh, I think Sleepy James I think a large part of my personality Is being tired sure. I don't like That's true But that is true That is Sleepy true. Yeah sleepy It's insane that Well it makes sense That he's one of the seven dwarves I Exhausted guess. James But a solistic sleepy As a quality someone has Is insane it's, I am so tired all the time <laughs> That it is a part of who I am Maybe you're having too much zinc Shut your whole mouth. I told you that in confidence. The zinc has you zonked. <laughs> I wish the zinc had me zonked. I'm Zon- wide as zank. Z- but, no, but zonk is To sleeping. be zonked is sleeping. Yes. Yeah. Just oh, like- wow. That's how tired I am. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> third version of me would probably be... Wet James. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm wet, you know? No, I think it would be like just overly confident annoyingly. Oh, Pompous like, James. Pompous James, absolutely. He, he's within me, but I try and keep him under wraps most of the time. But he's oh, there. Yeah. He's very there. And I know he's there. Uh, and fourth James, I think, would just be a huge fucking nerd. Okay. Like, and not like... Not oh, Star like, Trek James. Not Celine, no, not overachiever, impressive nerd. I mean, yeah, geek. Geek James would be, mm-hmm. would be a huge part of me. I think those four. What an unbearable group of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Maybe we should make these four people fight your four people to the death. <laughs> Enjoy going to four funerals, James. <laughs> yeah, I don't see Sleepy James going well to loquaciously angry, angry Jake. Yeah, should we wrap this up? Sure. Yeah, if you're done talking, I think about I'm done. Emma and her facets. All the facets of Emma. Everyone wants to be Emma. Yeah, I've heard that. Everyone loves Raymond, hates Chris, <laughs> and wants to be Emma. That's good. And everyone's a star. What is that? Something I made up. You made that up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm multifaceted <laughs> and sleepy. <laughs> I'm yeah. Hello, James. Hi. Hi. Oh. Hey. Me and Blonde Haley went to the theatre the other day. Oh, yes. Blonde Haley. I know that one. Yeah, you know. We went to also went to La Mama Courthouse and was also for a La Mama Exploration. Oh, my God. Thing. We're having a real exploratory time. That's gross. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, no. It just sounds like... No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> sounds like what? Like... It sounds like... You know, not that this is gross, but you know that scene in... What's that movie called? It's like... It's about those two Jewish women and it's Rachel Weisz and Rachel McAdams. And they're in that oppressive Jewish community. Disobedient. Disobedient. Yes, and they have that like lengthy lesbian scene, not to spoil anything, but they do give in to their lesbianic urges and then they end up having this like very like intimate, sweet, like lesbian time together. And there was like more, (laughs) there was this portion where they were like spitting into each other's mouths. Oh. And it was just very confused. I just never thought to do that with a person before. Like, is this what happens when women get together? you haven't thought about spitting in someone's mouth? Not in the way that they do it. It's very like playful. Like I get the thing of like, you dirty bitch. 
bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I am, of course, an intimate. I'm a simple oh, man. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, I'm practically a trumpeter when it comes to that type of saliva play. But... I'm a phlegm bottle. Let's go. You don't know why I went to trumpet? I feel like that's one of yeah, the... Yeah, trumpet. Isn't like phlegm spittoon? I... I'm a spittoon. Well, I was thinking more of like ah. the, 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 the mouth skills of a trumpet player and the level of saliva oh. that also occurs. You know, oh, like yeah, the... no, I get it. The little flask they have to open to get all the spit out. But I don't know if like trumpets have a spit valve. I guess they do. I think I'm confusing. No, they afraid. would do. They do, yeah, because when I picture a trumpet, I actually picture a bugle. And that's oh, yeah, the little thing about have... me. <laughs> no, I was thinking of like Wild West, they had spittoons in the saloon. The spittoons in the saloon, was that because of the trumpets? Well, people were always chewing on tobacco, so they needed somewhere to go. Oh, so this is not connected there. to trumpets at all? No, not at all, but this is me saying if I were to call myself something as a receptacle of spit, yes. I would call myself. A spittoon. Oh, so when it comes to saliva-based sex play, you are a, quite a spittoon. I'm a spittoon! You're a spittoon. Okay. Yeah. I, I, so I, you I, went to <laughs> theatre, did you? I did. I, yeah. <laughs> sure did. Uh, yeah, me and Not Hayley enough spit for my life. To a show called Seduction. Oh, speaking of spit. Speaking of spit. Seduction. Yes. So we went to Seduction and the, Hayley and I sat in the front row because of bravery. Bold. Yeah, and I was also excited because, like, full disclosure, Will Hall is a pal of mine with whom I've collaborated before, and right. I was very excited to get to see him. So, yeah, part of me just wanted to be as close to him as possible to get to, you know, see him be so talented. And Will was a performer in the show? He sure was. Gorgeous. Yeah, um, yeah. so the, the show itself, yeah, it stars Molly Hollihan, Will Hall, and Cooper Donald McDonald, and Cooper also directed the piece, and you just inhaled as if you wanted to interrupt I me. just want to say, and I'm sure that this is something you've already thought about, Cooper Donald McDonald yeah. is a terrific name. It's a fabulous name. I just think that's a great name. Oh, good. No, I'm glad that that remark is out there. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And the show itself was developed by Cooper Donald McDonald, Isabel Carney, and Samuel Buckley. Um, yeah, and based on what the, yeah, the the notes say in the in the program, it was like sort of like born of like attempting to maintain sanity during lockdown. And it was right, sort of like okay. yeah, they started like cobbling together like sketches and ideas, and then got these two new actors on board, and then yeah, so it ended up being this very dynamic three hander. Great. Yeah. Uh, so the show itself, yeah. So Hayley and I are sitting there. <laughs> the audience is behind us. <laughs> My God, you brave bastards. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Show began and immediately it's just like kicks off. It's just like high energy and jazzy. Which is Ooh, just super jazzy. Nice. Jazzy. Because like the whole thing is kind of like, uh, like it begins in this world of like, kind of like, as it again says in the note, they wanted to play with this idea of like the whodunit genre yep. and kind of like elements of like, again, me coming back to this thing of not fully knowing what film noir is, <laughs> but mm. this idea of like lurking in this world. Why of, like, is this the second show you've seen recently that does film noir that you weren't able to quite grasp the film noir I aspects. think that there's a renaissance. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a renoir song. Oh. oh. That is quite good. Ah, very good. Tell me French, that joke was so good. That good. The French are the funniest ones. Oh. Why do people say, excuse my French, when they swear? Is it because French people are rude? I think like there was like a stereotype where French people swore all the time. Okay, great. But that's based on nothing? That's just a guess? That's a complete guess. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, good. Yes. What do you think so, about? I'm in the throes of this renoir sense. <laughs> seeing my second noir show in a couple weeks. <laughs> uh, understanding none of it. Of Classic course! Joke. Yes. Uh, but, so the show begins and we're in this like smoky... Like cabaret club, sort of less of a cabaret club, more of like a like a vague jazzy. I'd say it's the sort of venue that is like you know in Chicago the movie musical. Yeah, I guess I just want to stop you right there because you're describing you're in the venue. So are you saying yeah, it, the, in the, the setting world? Of like, the you know setting. how sometimes plays Jake, require don't a little do this of to me, suspension don't do this of disbelief. Tired. You know how the stories have said. Yes, I get it. <laughs> so the venue that this world is. Yes, yeah, because in the world, these characters are performers, like the ones that we meet first. Oh, okay. So they're stage performers, and they're stage performers in a venue like the one in Chicago, the movie musical. Yep. Yep. I've not seen it. You've... Uh... 
I know. That's crazy. I know. I've never seen Chicago. That's the movie. almost homophobic. It is. I think I've seen. I've definitely seen clips from it. Sure. And I think yeah. I may have like attempted to watch it once, and then I can't remember why I stopped. Okay. I've so, seen the live production. Sure. Okay. Well, I guess the venue would be the same, but less fully realized due to the limitations of the musical. I guess not limitations. You know how? Because I, I imagine whenever they do the stage musical, it's always that thing of like the band is on stage and we're just sort of standing at microphones singing these jazzy songs, and then sometimes there's the cell block tango that happens. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. The one that I saw, there was like a lot more set elements to it. There's a lot more set? I'd say more than what you're describing, yeah. Ooh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> I can't exactly remember that, what they was were. Was it the Plate one? Uh, the one at... Yes, it was, but we didn't have Plate when we saw it. We had um stand-in of some sort. A stand-in of some sort. Yeah, we didn't have Casey Donovan the time we saw it. We saw the stand-in for her as well. Oh. Which also happened when I saw And Juliet. We had the understudy of a Casey Donovan as well. Does Casey, Casey Donovan go you. on? No, oh, she, she hates, hates me. You. I saw Casey Donovan in And Juliet. <laughs> okay, so she did go on sometimes. She, she went on at least once. Just I also saw her in um, We Will Rock You. Of course. Oh, yes, I saw her in that. That's Killer Queen. Yes, mm. yes. Shamalema. Bring it back. Scaramouche is the word I was looking for. <laughs> Just because that was a, a word from We Will Rock You. That is true. Let's bring it back to seduction. Oh, <laughs> if we must. Yes. Uh, yes, so in that world, like these three performers existing in this show, inside of this show. Do you understand the layers? I'm keeping up so far. So uh, Yeah, they're in a show together. And then what comes to pass is that there are some murders that happen. Intrigue. What comes to pass? What comes to pass? Sounds biblical. Yeah, <laughs> most things are. Okay. If you write it down, <laughs> microwave it for a couple of years, whatever comes out. That's religion. That's religion. <laughs> yeah, just a thick microwave book. Did you book. see that they've developed like a CT scanner they can read like ancient scrolls through without unrolling them? Because one of the major issues with unrolling the scrolls is they fall apart. Oh, okay. But like they have this CT scanner, you can scan the scroll and piece together what it says inside. You'd want the sc- like scroll to say some pretty cool stuff. I mean, it's just a CT scan. It's not that hard. What? Because there's no risk to the scroll, is what I'm saying. That's good. They scan it. I just think that that just for some reason made me think of that. I assume that the person that invented that machine has not perfected it. But they are just making up the inside of the scroll. <laughs> because who can prove them wrong? <laughs> That's pretty funny. This one says that I'm the coolest. <laughs> this one says that I inherit a hundred dollars. <laughs> Only a hundred? Yeah! That's my take on that. that uh, that's a funny idea. Um, Carry so on. There are some murders. And on top of this, do you know who got murdered? No. The spouses of the three performers. Oh! oh. Haberdashery is afoot. Haberdashery is afoot? Yeah, making of a hat. Uh, is that millinery? Haberdashery, I think, is also like making hats. I thought that was just fabrics. Oh, really? I thought it was hat making. You know what? We're getting sidetracked. But in what way are any of these things afoot? Meant to sound like shenanigans. Uh, Yeah, so three spouses murdered. Detectives immediately on the case. Again, this show is a three-hander, so the detectives also are played by the three actors that are also playing the three now widowed actors. Uh, I'm trying to find a... Widowed is just what you say, isn't it? Because even... Men and women both get widowed, yes. right? Even though men become widowers, which makes them sound complicit. Widowered. What? Widowered. For a man to be widowed is for him to be widowered. Because he's a widower. But it just sounds like you're saying something in an Irish accent. Oh, he's a widower. Oh, Oh, widower he did. Um, yeah, no. So a bunch of the detectives get electrocuted by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, <laughs> Great. and then, but yeah, no, so then the, the show then goes about being like unfurling what has happened to the spouses of these performers. Oh. There could be some type of intriguing love triangle at play. 
could be? Did you have a Jake moment? No, no. Oh, sorry. No, that's me trying to be enticing and <laughs> like. Oh, I bet exciting. you want to know the plot. I do want to know. Yeah, that's was the there? Thing. Yeah, no. I, I fully understood this plot. <laughs> Some call me a professor. Some a genius. Me. I'll take it all. <laughs> as long as it's compliments. Professor genius. <laughs> I, yeah, no. So then it, what comes to pass is that... Why, I, why am I saying that twice? I don't know. <laughs> but it came to pass on the third day. It did. Um, that, yeah, potentially the three of them may have had something to do with the demise. The three performers. The three performers. in the three performers in the show may have had something to do with the demise of their wives. Yes. Or because spouses. they may have been motivated by perhaps being in love with somebody that they perform with. Were they all in a three-way relationship? See, this is kind of the thing, isn't it? Were they all in a three-way relationship? <laughs> well, no. It's kind of like this, this... They're all kind of like... The fact that all these spouses getting murdered at the same time is kind of coincidental. Oh. And it just so happened that the three of them attempted a very similar plan at the same time. Because they wanted to be with the like the respective person in the trio with whom they... That they, they're like pining for, right? You know, but it's the type of like, as I've been in before, a love triangle where love goes in one direction but does not turn around and face you again. Okay, but you, they, way to make it sad. But you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone gets loved, but just not by the person that they want to be with. Oh sure, okay. Oh, it's one of those ones. Yes. Don't think I've ever been in one of those. You um, haven't. Not that I know of. No one's ever loved me. Well. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So then, coincidentally, all their spouses die. Yes. Wow, what a Coincidentally, they do the murders at the same time, but the murders are very oh, much murders. So they very much... Uh, okay. Yes. So they very much murder. I'm only telling the story poorly because I cannot tell when I should stop and leave you in suspense about the plot development. Well, if you already told me that they committed the murders... <laughs> Is yes. there more to the story? <laughs> no, that's very much a plot element. The thing of like, they've all murdered another person's partner. Oh, okay. D- 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 because then they need to go about trying to like frame the other one for the murder as okay, well. Okay, and then it becomes like a comedy of errors. It's kind of, yeah, a yeah, bit yeah, farcy, yeah, 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 a bit yeah. funky, a bit groovy. But yes, no. But yeah, so that's that's the the, the bricks and pieces of, which is a saying, <laughs> <laughs> the bricks and pieces of how okay. the show functions and what it's about. Great. But on top okay. of that, though, it's just like a really good time, in, just in the sense of like, the show was so high energy the entire time. Oh. The whole thing was just like these three wonderful, very like distinct and unique people telling the story in such like a gloriously energized way. They truly had one of the most beautiful scene transitions I've ever seen in oh my, my whole God, life. Oh need to explain what it oh was. Oh my God. And it was like, it was also so simple. And I guess I'll explain it. Yeah, I think you can't even, say that and then not explain well, it. Well, sure. And I think, too, like, to, to, to know that it's in the show will not undercut the beauty of it if you get a chance to see it, if this show, yep. you know, after having been explored, la mamali. Well, if it were to hearing this again. might help the people doing the explorations <laughs> of the show, so please I, speak on. And again, I, I am honest on this podcast and I do not hyperbolize when it comes to the important things like this. So... It's truly stunning. The set itself is just this like like tall rectangular scaffolding on wheels, uh-huh. um, and it's like the scaffolding is sort of like hollowed out in the middle, so you can like walk through it. Like you know how scaffoldings are a lot of like crisscrossing metal bars. Yeah, it doesn't have the yeah. crisscrossing. Yeah, so they got rid of the crisscrossies, so you can walk underneath it and such. Sensible that. And and yeah, so it's kind of like a big metal door, kind of like a really big metal door that they can wheel around, and on the front of it is like suspended like. Like glimmery streamers, like you know how you have them like on a like on a wall at a twenty first birthday party. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're kind of like flip flapping around as it wheels around as well. And the most, it was like truly like it got an applause break. It was so beautiful this transition. Oh wow! So it's like (laughs) two of the actors are behind, and uh, Cooper is like on the floor, but we can't see him. It just as far as we can tell, it's just like this big rectangle of glimmery streamers. The lighting is red. 
the scaffolding is pulled upstage away from us mm. and it reveals Cooper sitting almost like Kate Winslet style on the oh, floor. Oh my goodness. But it was something in the pace and the beautiful lighting and the, it's like the a magic trick. And like the grace of the streamers and there was like this music playing. Like the show was scored so well. Mm. But it was it was like it was truly breathtaking. Oh my god, that sounds Just, like a beautiful scene. And it was yeah, and because of it, it was it was also like it was couched in all this goof. It was like I didn't expect to be moved by <laughs> by you know streamers and wheels today. But it was like, mm. it was truly, what? I feel like you're often moved by streamers. But I never see it coming. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah, no. It was well, like, that, yeah. that sounds lovely. It was jaw-dropping. It was really, really stunning. Well done. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. Truly one of, like, the best transitions that have, in terms of, like, it moving me the way it did. Really beautiful. That sounds really beautiful. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm just going to saunter quickly through this, like, brilliant, really, like, small cast. Yep. Um, yeah, Cooper, of course... <laughs> Impressive that he was with this project from its genesis through to its direction and performance. That's mm. wonderful. But then on top of that, him just being like a very, like, magnetically like handsome, lovely man in this show. All of them so like evenly matched in terms in terms of their like comedic capacities. Mm. It was like it was three very very like strong talented comedic forces on this stage. Oh great. Um, yeah, but yeah, Cooper just having this. He was like the warmest of the three, I'd say, in the way of him being like. Such like a, like a sweet, tender, but violently capable man. <laughs> By which I mean capable of violence, not <laughs> so capable that I felt attacked. <laughs> Is just me clarifying the compliment. Capable of violence in the way that he committed a murder. Oh, the character committed. A, okay, remember yeah, the yeah. plot? No, I remember the plot. It's you just, have I a plot. You're just talking about the actor as a performer, but uh, you're talking about him actually. Cooper slept me in the back. Cooper yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Cooper put a hat on my head. Oh, which is doubly cruel <laughs> during the show. <laughs> yes. In the way of, like, I famously cannot wear hats. And famously hate audience interactions. Exactly. So it was like two, it was a poke in both eyes. Did the hat fit? It wouldn't have fit. You would Thank have you, James. I do have quite the cantaloupe. And no, it did not flatter me. I immediately took it off and he returned and put it back on my noggin. Oh. <laughs> Vicious. <laughs> a violently capable man. <laughs> yeah, I get it now. It makes more sense. So yes. I need some context. Um, yeah, so there was that. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a really cute little list just there. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Molly Holly. Hand, great. It was just like the moment she stepped on stage. It was like ah, oh! <laughs> like oh. like a like a like a space filling, funny, just like woman. Like her voice has such like I don't know like resonant like gravel to it. It mm. was just like it was just oh fun God. to listen to her talk. It was nice to like the way that she knows how to like pick up a sentence and like hit you like a baseball bat with it. It was just oh. really really cool to like yeah see her occupy this space with these men. Um yeah there was that and then of course Will Hall again biased because he's a pal of mine and I think he's very talented and smart. But it's just like part of what I really love about I, like I haven't seen Will perform that many times, but it's like there is something so kind of like slippery and transformative about the way that he handles characters and yeah, there's always, like, the bedrock of him being, like, he knows how to, like, interpret a phrase. He knows how to, like, yeah, I don't know. He knows how to, like, enjoy language a lot. But on top of that, he's, like, one of these people that, I don't know. I, I think it's, like, I'm additionally able to see this because I know him as a person. Mm. But the way that so much of him vanishes into the characters that he plays. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. He's just, he's, he's, he's someone that... Again, it's likely a thing that I can only really see because I know him as a person, but to see how different he is between each character that he plays mm. um, is just something that is so like marvellously impressive. Um, oh, and then, of so course, lovely. too, because I, the time that I've spent speaking to him about art and about theatre, um, it's just it's, it's great to see someone that is so intelligent and kind of like wise for someone so young, so wise, and 
yeah, could also, on top of being like a smart theatre maker, be such an impressive actor. Yeah, go on. Um, what a feather was... in his cap. Sure, sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Stop talking about hats. You're triggering me. No. Um, <laughs> I wish you could all see Jake's arms when he spoke. <laughs> it is like someone operating a Muppet. Like you're the person operating the Muppet. Oh, sure. A Muppeteer. You're a mu. That's good. You're a Muppeteer. Is that the term? I assume it might be. It's definitely Puppeteer at least. What do you mean it's at least puppeteer? Well, I, I think all Muppeteers are puppeteers, but not all puppeteers are Muppeteers. I'm just thinking about if Muppets have ears or not. Uh, some of them do. Some of them. Kermit does. Kermit has ears. I think he has little ears. I don't I know if that's true. I think he has little ears. Am I checking this? I think you have required us to check this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I just don't think, when I picture Kermit, I don't have room in my imagination for his ears to go anywhere. Whereas, like, oh no, he doesn't have ears. No, he just has like little corners to his yeah. skull, right? Surely one of them has ears. Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy Musk, she's a pig, and like pigs are so quintessentially eared. Yeah, oh god, she's got fucking huge ears. Look at that. Yeah, and her goddamn beautiful hair. Yeah, I love Miss Piggy. Um, you love Miss Piggy. Well, I spend every Sunday doing a podcast with her. <laughs> you just call me a Muppet pig? Yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> How's that? Um, I guess if you were to give us characters between Kermit and Piggy, I would be the Piggy. Just by virtue of their personality traits. So you mean you'd be the star and I'd be the abused husband? How abused is Kermit? Isn't, like, Miss Piggy, like, just so horrible to him all the time? I, no, I don't know. Come on, Miss... Come on, Kermit! I don't know if she's especially warm to him. That was not a good impression I just did. I agree. That's why you're the Kermit and I'm the Miss Piggy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> <laughs> See him? <laughs> yeah, you're Miss Piggy. Yeah. I'll be the Swedish chef. I know how to cast a show. You do. Can you do the Swedish chef? Gundy, 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 gundy. Okay. Or I can be, we, we, you know, you know who you and I are? Who? We're the two old guys sitting in the booth watching the theatre. I think I've made this joke before. They're so mean. They're so mean. It's just us going, that's us. Okay, well, that's beautiful. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about the show? I don't think so, no. I was just like really, really into it. And I'm, I'm looking right. forward to seeing if it turns into something else. Um, the, I'm finding the explorations really exciting. I haven't seen a lot of the explorations the mother before but I'm finding them very like like exciting in terms of like oh there's so much potential and people are doing so many things <laughs> it doesn't actually take much to have a, like a, a like a cool fun theatrical idea you sound like a grandmother encouraging her granddaughter to like be an actress <laughs> good that's what everyone should it's sound like it's just so good to see you oh! on stage doing stuff <laughs> you're all doing so much that I just wouldn't have thought of the way you use that door in that scene oh wonderful So I was going to the theatre, right? Okay. <laughs> I was going to see a show at the Forum. Okay. But for a funny thing happened on the way. To the Forum? Yeah. Okay. Go on. No, that's the whole bit. That's the whole joke I was making. Oh, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> was this, this has been Praise Time. Praise it. Was this show at the I Forum? I went to see A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum at Chapel Off Chapel oh. by Watch This. Great. <laughs> Did you like that? Yeah, that was all very clearly put. Yeah, Have you seen A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum? I saw it when I was a child, but I was too young to retain anything beyond the fact of at one point there being two twins that danced with their legs entangled and they did a cartwheel where there was one head up and one head down. And it made my dingle dangle feel really funny. Is that what you said? Uh, no. No, no, no. But good. Was that the get... one of the Her Majesties with I... um, 
Jeffrey Rush? John English was definitely in it, and that's all that I'm certain of. Oh. But I'm also pretty certain as well that it did not get me sexually excited by the notion of people doing cartwheels with their legs entangled, if that's what you briefly accused me of being. Oh, I'm a simple man. That would have done it for me. Um, okay. I saw the production at Her Majesty's with Jeffrey Rush, who okay. has since been cancelled. Sure. Um, so <laughs> don't support anything. I just saw the show when I was a kid. Um, I also don't support anything. I don't support anything. You don't support anything. Ever. Okay. <laughs> right. At all. Right. If anything, I undermine. <laughs> at all times. Um, and then I saw a production of it at my high school mm. the year after I left when they did A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Yep. So uh, this is the third time I've seen A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Great. A show that I didn't think I would see ever once. Because it's just not... I find like shows like this, Camelot... Like, the, the shows set in medieval or ancient times, written during, like, the 60s and 70s, are just sort of, like, they're a weird little pocket of musical theatre that I never really think about. Okay. Like that, and also, like, I would almost say Pippin to a degree, but I love Pippin. Mm -hmm. So I guess, I guess I've just gone against my own thoughts there, haven't I? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> so went along, went to the theatre. Yeah. It was in the main space of Chapel of Chapel, sat on down. Yep. By myself, <laughs> once again. Uh-huh. Another full audience. Terrific. First thing I want to mention, uh, the music they had playing at the very start was, uh, one of them was, that kept replaying, was a piano cover of By the Sea from Sweeney Todd. Oh! Which I just think was a lovely choice. Why? Great. I just, I don't know, it took me a while to pick what the song was. And then by the time I figured it out, I was like, oh! And it was like only after the show that I realised, probably because they were just playing a bunch of Sundime songs. How many times, how long were you sitting there listening to the songs loop? Uh, not very long. Like, but you heard By the Sea twice? Three times? Yeah, probably tw two or three times. How many songs were they looping? Uh, maybe it was just that one. I didn't really think about Does it. Does it start time. By the Sea? Are they giving you the setting? No. This is why This is why I wanted to bring it up. I thought it was a bit odd. But right, I loved though. it. Yeah, yeah, Well, uh, it's almost similar to when they played <laughs> the Venger bus on a loop during the interval of Oopsie Daisy. That is still an amazing choice. Yeah. <laughs> Ask not for who the Venger bus comes. Okay. <laughs> curtains rise. That's a joke. There are no curtains for this. Good um, joke. Curtains. Thank you very much. <laughs> curtains rise. Just kidding. There was just kidding. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> you stupid prick. Um, so there are no curtains. Uh, we have a full sprawl of the the scene, mm -hmm. um, which is set designed by Sarah Tullock. Great. Great. We what know Sarah lady. Tullock. Yeah, yeah. Full disclosure. Love Sarah Tullock. Um, uh, and there's like this beautiful force perspective floor, white checkerboard that goes like narrow at the back and widens at the front. You know mm. what I mean? I do. Yeah. Trippy. Trick me for a moment. Like it <laughs> what does. What do think was happening? It's just like, no, it's just like, it's a very simple trick, but it really does work. Oh, like, some. It, like, no, when I walk, shut up. When I walk in, I was like, oh, okay. The space isn't that big. But then you sit down and after like five minutes of looking, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> that oh, chest oh, oh, <laughs> goes forever. Goes so far back. Like it does, it does simple things to a simple mind. Yeah. Um, and there are also like these beautiful uh, Roman style uh, columns mm -hmm. and Roman statues. Scene is set beautifully. Mm -hmm. um, and then the show begins. Mm -hmm. There's a band at the back. Mm -hmm. um, they start playing the overture and my God, I forget how long and boring overtures are. <laughs> but they get you in the mood. Not for a 60s a musical written in the 60s or so. Why? It's just like a long list of all the music. That's an overture. I know. <laughs> I just, I so think okay. what I'm saying is uh, my brain has been ruined by short-term content and I need them to play like a video of someone playing that train game like on the screen. You want to see Subway Surfer during an overture. I need to see Subway Surfer 
in order to keep my attention during an overture. <laughs> so can we start? Okay. Can we start getting people on that? Aren't you just advocating for the cutting of overtures? That's what I'm over. No, that's what I really mean. Oh, I just okay. don't think we need them anymore. No. Um, maybe like one song, like, or like a really short. So you just want an opening number, or like all the songs mushed into one short song. So it's a really short overture. Yes. Where you get a bar of each song. Yeah, honestly, yes. To what end? <laughs> to like get like a little tickle of, oh, what's that one going to be? Because <laughs> even then, what are you doing the overture for? Is the overture like, I'm sorry, this is not the rant I intended to go no, on. No, do it. Just come to me. What is the overture for? Is it like, I understand what you're about to say. It's setting the scene. Mm-hmm. It's like laying down like what the vibes are of the yeah. show. But I just find it so annoying when I see it, like an overture for a show I haven't seen or don't know the music for. I'm like... Okay, I guess that's a song that's going to be in it with none of the voices. Okay, I guess the band can play. That's a good sign. And, you know, it's like, it's great to hear the band doing their thing. But for like five plus minutes, I don't need to be sitting there. And then if I do know all the songs mm. and I sit there listening to an overture, I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait to hear this one later. Yeah. Okay. Why I are you saying that with a negative voice? Because I want to hear the song. Get you will. Into the show. It's a two and a half hour show. Yeah. I want to get you know. into Don't you worry, James. It's coming. Oh, God. <laughs> we have different ideas. Write in. You'll write in. If you You'll... agree with me on no. overtures, email in. We want to know. I you want that little guarantee of like, don't you worry. The magical Mr. Mistopheles is on its way. No. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, and the, one, that's the one say... exception. That's the one exception. But you know, like, just to be on the other side of the conversation, like, I wish I knew the like, distinct historical reason that overtures started existing. I imagine it's something tied to opera, I guess. Totally. But like... The, I think there's something also as well really lovely about like setting the vibe setting the energy telling people that these songs are on their way and it also does that thing too where it like tricks your mind especially if it's the first time you're hearing a musical like it lays the like the groundwork for you because you know like before you can really like something you have to be a little bit familiar with it so it's like it's given you the little like slivers of melody so that when you hear the cell block tango later you're like nah. oh why do I already feel like I'm into this nah I mean, nah. I think it's too long. I agree with all of the things you just said. You just think it's, you just, do that it's truly in about, one and a half minutes. So it's truly about you getting bored. Yes! Because it's just listening. Because then I'm like, oh my god. So maybe people just need to start adding something stagey on top. It seems like... Oh, you're... absolutely. By that point, you're just starting the show, Jake. That's called doing a performance. But maybe it doesn't even need to be... Like, maybe you just need, like, like a... I don't know, like a handsome man sweeping. You are describing the stage version of Subway Surfer. Like... <laughs> Okay, but you cannot be coming at everything from a subway surfer direction. Yes, I can. I need some stimulus. But but you cannot be trading in the idea of subway surfer for just engaging stuff. Yeah, you can. You know, so like, you can, but it's not, I think, (laughs) it doesn't paint things in a light that gives them their, like, I don't know, their just treatment, I don't think. Like, I think, okay. If you're going to talk in terms of subway surfer, anything anyone does artistically is subway surfing. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean just literally what you suggested, like having like a hot man sweeping or something. Yes. That's the theatrical equivalent of having Subway Surfer on to keep your attention <laughs> on the video. But, but it's also a thing of like, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, yeah, I suppose you're right if what you're saying is like, if the man sweeping has nothing to do with the plot, it's, yeah, just, it's just there to keep your it's attention. It's just to like, jingle a bell for the James. Literally. <laughs> like if a man came on and literally jingled a bell, that's, that's Subway Surfer. I'd suggest that maybe the sweeper would have to be a character in the show. Or it would something. definitely be an actor from the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, do it in a minute and a half. It's, it's like what you're more loudly saying is like, take a cue from Subway Surfer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I stand by that. And We're I will post Subway Surfer time. Yes. You know? Yeah. 
I, that is, you put it into words and I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> no, of course. So the show starts. Yeah. <laughs> I have been bored out of my mind. I'm joking. I, obviously, I am joking. I don't mind an overture. I understand they're a part of the show. Um, so... <laughs> You know we were all there for the conversation that we just had, right? <laughs> Melanie Hillman directed. Great. Uh, and Trevor Jones was the musical director. Okie dokie. Who is a name that pops up throughout all musical theatre in Melbourne. It and is. also most piano bars in Melbourne. Obsessed. Trevor Jones. Trevor Jones, yeah. It wasn't, I think Trevor Jones um, did the piano bar at Butterfly Club for a long time. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, very talented musician. A very talented band. Mm. Um, have you, so you have seen Funny Thing Happen on the Way to the Forum one time. But all I remember is cartwheeling twins. That's right. Mm. Um, it is a very classic, like, comedy of errors show. The general sort of premise... I'll just uh, get it out of the way. The general premise of it... <laughs> get it out of the way. The plot's important. <laughs> <laughs> I just rushed through the plot. I just rushed through we the all plot. We all hate it. it. <laughs> um, it. But it is the show, if I try and talk about it as I go, it's the, it, the whole thing unravels itself. Because it's like this ongoing story where this slave pseudolus played by Charmaine Gorman let me get this I should have probably mentioned this at the very start all female cast cool so it's the first time in Australia at least they've done an all female at least that hasn't been like widely publicised um, of an all female identifying cast doing Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum cool 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 initiative love it cast was great Charmaine Gorman playing pseudolus star so pseudolus is like this um, long suffering slave um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just got immediately confused. Um, okay, because it sounded like the concept of a slave made you giddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, reading Latin, because all these characters have Latin names, and it's just like, wait a minute, who the hell is Miles? Oh, that's the character. So, Pseudolus uh, is a long-suffering slave. I um, have to say, Thudolith, <laughs> just because it sounds like a fun word to say with a lisp. Please continue. You're an idiot. So, Pseudolus <laughs> is a long-suffering slave or a family, yep. uh, and he's always wanted to find his way out of being a slave. He's mm-hmm. like a little bit of a trickster. He's a prankster. Mm-hmm. He's always scheming. He's always got plans. There's a hot qualities. Hot qualities! Um, and played very hotly by Charmaine Gorman, I mm-hmm. will add. Yeah. Um, so he's always like scheming to get out of being a slave, and so the bulk of the play is sort of spearheaded by Pseudolus turning... <laughs> Thudolith. by Thudolith. Yeah. Sort of turning any situation situation that he finds himself in into getting himself out of being a slave. Yeah. Which inevitably leads to, like, covering up those lies with more lies and mm. then covering those lies up with more lies. Mm. So, Thudolith uh, is owned by Senex and Domina, played by Kathy Woodhouse and Sophie Weiss. Or Weiss, depending. Um... Uh, they, they they own Pseudolus, which is the thing you can do to slaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hero, their son, played by Milo Hartill, mm-hmm. um, is sort of friends with Pseudolus. And so we then join these two as they sort of go in their journey. Um, uh, Hero meets Philia, who lives across the road from Senex's house uh-huh. in a brothel. Yep. Uh, but... Is Which a, is where they sell broth, correct? Which is where it's a soup house. Yes. That's where they sell whores, Jack. Oh, God. Whore <laughs> houses full of... Uh, then what's in my soup? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so I didn't want to get into that one. Um, so Philia is a new acquisition of... Uh, Philia, by the way, played by Mel O'Brien. Um, Marcus Lycus owns the whorehouse, mm-hmm. played by Sarah Louise Younger. Mm. Uh, and Marcus Lycus has recently acquired Philia. Uh, so Hero, played by Milo Hartill, falls in love with Philia from a distance, and then Pseudolus sort of 
uses this to be like, if I can get Philia for you, Hero, will you guarantee my freedom? And Hero says, yes, of course I can. So then Pseudalus goes to Marcus Lycus to try and get Philia to come out, but Marcus Lycus doesn't want that to happen, so Pseudalus makes up a story about, like, Philia coming from Crete and everyone from Crete having a disease. So Marcus Lycus says, yes, you can take Philia out from the house and keep them in your house across the way, because then I won't get my girls to get diseases. Alright? Mm. So, Mel O'Brien playing Philia. Stupendous. So, the original production of this, Philia is pretty much the only character that is a woman uh, who has a voice and agency and any lines. And she's a complete bimbo. She's a complete um, just there for the male gaze and just there to be like sort of taken and be the object of all the men's desire. So in this production of all uh, female identifying, it's hammed up even more. It's even Mel O'Brien players are like, you know, we are sometimes do an impression of Marilyn uh, Monroe. Mm-hmm. And it's the ditziest stew. Could you do just a brief example? <laughs> I can try. Give it a go, give it a go. <laughs> um, Marilyn, Marilyn, where have you been? Oh, Mr. President, <laughs> I love diamonds. Yeah. Happy birthday, yeah. Mr. President. Yeah, so what you yes. have just done is essentially <laughs> Mel O'Brien's version of Philia. It was fantastic. Inside to everyone who had to hear that. I, of course, <laughs> have to bring up, of course, that I'm a big fan of Smash, and I'm also almost all the way through Blonde. I keep being overwhelmed by uh, my emotions. Oh, God, <laughs> another part of this joke that we keep coming up with is that she's actually very smart. Very smart? And that's just how she talks. Just a tragic figure. And she mm. just knows how the men want her to talk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. President, I just love diamonds and boobies. Um, and that was... <laughs> Have you read the Communist Manifesto, <laughs> Mr. President? Did you see the source of protection, Mr. President? <laughs> um, that's mellow. You know what they should do? About Israel and Palestine, Mr. President. <laughs> well, no, no, Marilyn, I... I, oh, I do. <laughs> if you <laughs> give me some diamonds, I'll let you know. What? I'm curious to hear what she has to say. Well, something you have to understand is a long-term history in Palestine. <laughs> Go on. Clear. Steering clear of this one. Um, so that was essentially Mel O'Brien's character of Philia. Naturally, I loved it. Naturally, she was amazing. And on top of that, she just has the most incredible voice for singing just just out of the blue, on top of this stupid ditzy girl who I love, comes this, like, soprano belt that I just was not expecting and just found great. So go Mel. Um, so another one of these many cast members... This had the, this cast was so large. Ten people in this cast. Large! Large! I just So, every, so it adds another layer to... There's a lot of characters to keep track of. So another one is Hysterium, uh, played by Jackie Hoy. And Hysterium is the other slave owned by Senex and Domina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and Hysterium is the more... As it's, the name... Well, hmm? Sorry, I was about to say hysterical. Well, as the name suggests, the more uh, nervous one that wants to keep everything running smooth. Oh, okay. It, like, Which was also originally played by a man as well. All of these characters were originally played by... Oh, so it is literally Philia. just the Marilyn Monroe character that is the, normally Yes, yeah, so Philia was the only woman originally... Uh, there were there were the 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 harlots and the the whores of the whorehouse okay. who like had dancey things the sexy Gemini twins that you saw. Oh um, right, yeah. Um, but no, there were no other women with speaking roles. Oh golly! So it's yeah. So it's like pretty impressive what they like. It's it's cool what they've done. Mm. Um, 
So Hysterium is the other slave. So Hysterium is the other slave, played by um, Jackie Hoy. Mm. And so Hysterium's whole purpose is to sort of keep uh, Pseudolus in check. Uh, we also meet later, I'm just trying to get, because there's a lot of people that I want to talk about that I really, really love. Uh, Miles Gloriosus. So another... Okay, so another element to this story... <laughs> like how visibly overwhelmed you are. That's just a lot to talk about with that, because I want to talk about um, Miles Gloriosus, played by Louisa... Where is it? Louisa Scrafani. Terrifically, but I have to explain who Miles Gloriosus is. Miles <laughs> is a soldier coming home from war, captain of the army, uh, returning from the war... There is an old man, erroneous, played by Judith Roberts. Uh-huh. Um, and Judith Roberts, fun fact, was in the original Australian production of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, well, way back when. Uh, and she is also the mother of Charmaine, who is playing Pseudolus in this production. Oh. So that's just a really nice, beautiful little... Oh, golly, that's nice. Isn't that nice? I thought that was so lovely. Um, so erroneous is this um, character of an old man who returns home... And in, there's the house of Senex and, and, and Domina, there's the whorehouse, and there's also have the house of Miles Gloriosus. Of, um, sorry, not Miles Gloriosus, of Erroneus. You see why I'm getting confused? No. Good. <laughs> so Erroneus is coming, is, is returned home after many years to go home, and he's lost his two children. Uh, he can't find his two children anywhere. He's left a few years ago to find them, couldn't find them, came back. And so Pseudolus, one of the tricks that he plays, because they end up using that third house to hide people in in their hijinks, he tells Erroneus that you need... He pretends to be a soothsayer and tells Erroneus to run around uh, the seven hills of Rome seven times. So throughout the show, um, Judith Roberts, as Erroneus, just sort of shambles onto the stage, very slowly turns to the audience and says, like, that's one. <laughs> and then just walks off stage. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Yeah. Um, I just think that's always funny when a character is only in briefly for like one particular bit and then never comes back on. I think that's great. Like Joan of Arc in the high school production of Ladies in Black. <laughs> Joan of <laughs> And Queen Elizabeth II. Of course. <laughs> um, we need to talk about that show sometime. Um, <laughs> Charmaine Gorman. Want to get back to Charmaine, my main gal, playing Pseudolus, just had this incredibly like mischievous and enchanting energy. Comedic timing up the wazoo and just like every single thing that she did was filled with this sort of Midsummer Night's Dream puckish energy oh god okay. no in a way that wasn't really annoying no it wasn't <laughs> really annoying yeah. it was like it was because you could see her something would happen the, the, the other shoe would drop and then you could sort of see her sort of her, the gears in her brain kick into gear and then be like, here's the new plan and just immediately sort of slip into it. Mm. I just thought she was so fabulous. And her voice is so strong. Like the opening song, Comedy Tonight, is a very large chorus number um, introducing everybody, obviously, and it's all about like, you know, something for everyone, a comedy tonight. And it's just Charmaine starting off singing that to get everyone in. And I just, I just yeah, solid voice, great opening, immediately put us all at ease. And then all these characters sort of come on and they're all being zany and kooky. Three of them are also in the band, which I immediately need to mention. Sophie Weiss, Louisa Scrafani, and Christy Noy, who I have not spoken about just yet. Okay. Christy played every other character in this show. Okay. She, she played soldiers. She played civilians. Uh, she played um, courtesans. She played... Uh, eunuchs. She played any... Courtesans are the same thing as prostitutes, right? Yes. They are. They, they are. are sex workers? Uh, yes, I think courtesans is like... Because, like, Satine is one. In yes, I think, I think courtesans are more like upper-class prostitutes. Okay. Like, they're high-end. 
Okay. Satine was one. That's all we need to know. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, Jake. Um, but, but Christy did the most. I think out of all the performers in the show, Christy probably did the most. In terms of like, she was running off, running on, getting changed, running on as a new character. Uh, she played one of those fun little um, uh, tr- uh, keyboards that you blow into. Oh, yes. At one point, she did that. What are they called? Snoopsophones? No. Flompsacords. You can stop anytime. Honkadoodles. You're not going to stop, that's fine. <laughs> I think is... we're going to stick with honkadoodle. Okay. Uh, so she played the honkadoodle a few yeah. times. Um, she danced. To, oh, so there was a really funny bit where... So they go to Marcus um, Marcus Lycus' house. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Lycus, also, also played by Sarah Louise Younger, who was also just one of the most commanding presences on stage. Just a beautiful timbre to her voice that was so easy to listen to and bassy and gorgeous and just also conniving and and and, and evil businessman vibes. She did very well. Um, she introduces all of the courtesans when um, Hero and Pseudalus go in to get Philia because Hero is in love with Philia but doesn't know who she is. So they go in and Marcus introduces all these different courtesans. And to do that, they have Christy come out and be all of the different courtesans one by one. Oh, amazing. And then she takes the sash that she was wearing off for that courtesan and puts it on a marble statue and pushes that statue to the side. So, like, throughout the show, we have these marble statues often standing in as the courtesans, mm. which is kind of, you know, a comment on women being objects, eh? <laughs> women being seen as objects by men. There you go. Um, but for Gemini, which you actually mentioned earlier on, for the Gemini twins, yes. Christy just drags on a mirror and just like dances with this mirror. So there's two Christies on stage. And I just thought that was a really funny thing to do. Yes. I just thought that was great. Um, I'm going to just... One thing I will say. Oh, no. <laughs> and I, 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 I thought it was fabulous. These, these performers were all fabulous. I really enjoyed seeing them. And I, I love the all-female production of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Some of the programs sort of spoke about like it being like a groundbreaking new way of seeing the work, which in, in, in simply by casting all women, that is enough already for this show. Because to qualify it, as groundbreaking. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because it has always been pretty much all men except for one character. So even just that in itself, I'm already on board and love it. But it didn't actually, I, for me, it did not change the work. Okay. At all. There was, they didn't, there's nothing else in the text changes. All the characters that are played by that are played by women that are men mm. as, are presented as pretty masculine. They're, they're, they're still referred to with with male pronouns. It's, they're all played as men essentially. Yeah. So the actual way the show functions and the way the messages come across are still the same to me. Um, and the only times that the fact that these were um, female identifying people playing some of the roles came into it mm. would be like if someone pointed at another character and, and called... There was, like, a few times when they dressed up as women. The men characters dressed up as women and they would sort of have, like, a wink to the audience of, like, oh, isn't this silly? We're women pretending to be uh, playing men dressing up as women. Like, that was sort of the extent of how that came into play as, as the work. Okay. So, I don't know. That's all I, I just... For me, it didn't... It wasn't... But doesn't that come into play in, like, the very idea of there being all these women? Doesn't it say so many things, even just, like, politically, about the idea of them claiming this text for their own? Oh, Totally. And that, yeah, and, that, and that's, as I said, that in itself is enough. But So what is it failing to do? It's failing to... Yeah, so I'll just read you, like, a little snippet from the director, Melanie Hillman, here. Yep. Um, 
Uh, we've seen recent revivals of Golden Age Broadway productions such as Daniel Fisher's Oklahoma and jo Joel Grey's Yiddish Fiddler on the Roof that prove that we can re-examine pieces and through creative casting and concepts make unspoken statements that allow the audience members to experience these pieces through a new lens. By casting all female identifying performers in A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, we hope to explore the gender tropes, the misogynistic humour and the outdated genre of sex farce, whilst maintaining the wit and acuity of the original piece. The same words delivered out of different mouths can evoke different responses and challenge our audiences and artists alike. Totally agree with most of, pretty much everything that she's saying. Like, recontextualizing pieces like that does make it interesting and, and, and the sheer fact that it was an all-female cast alone is interesting. But to me, personally, I just, there wasn't enough done, I feel like there was a lot of opportunity to do more with that choice. But, What's an example of doing more with the choice? Well, I don't know. Having just said that out loud, I'm like, what would that be? But what I guess, for me, the issue was, it's just they played the piece straight and it sort of felt like, what? at what point... What am I trying to say? I don't know. Because isn't that the point of what they're saying? Is the idea of like the very act of like, reclaiming this text and being a bunch of women putting this show on and playing all these male roles. Like, it seems like at least in the passage that you just read of what the director mm. said, it's like the whole point of it is... Well, not the whole point, but like an element of what she's talking about having done with this project is they've taken a show that they consider to almost be, I think they also say like the antithesis of the Me Too movement yeah. in the way of like the show being so almost, I don't know, so brazenly, like womanless in... Well, it's a misogynistic show. It's the, well, the actual... Well, even just, yeah, the fact of like the women all being like sex workers or mm. like hideously old women, yeah. all these types of things. And then again, making like the, the political choice to have it all be women playing all these roles. Like, isn't that in itself as, as the part that you just read out, the, the, the fact of these, the show coming out of different mouths is enough of sure. a change for us to then have to re-examine why this text exists in the first place. And you get to have the double experience of getting to engage directly with what this text is doing in terms of like a piece of theatre, but also having like the additional thing of being like, oh, and isn't it interesting that this text that has survived for so long, like not that long, of course it's Sondheim, like it's not that old, <laughs> but this text has come to mean so much to so many people, but the entire time it has housed mm. these old school theatrical ideas of men being at the forefront of these types of stories. Yeah, <sighs> And that engaging with something very substantial in terms of, like, the industry that we're in? Well, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I guess... I just... It, it felt... The way the characters were played and the way the text was presented, it, was, it felt almost as if we were just watching an original production of the show. Like, there mm. were no other alterations. The characters were, that were men were all played fairly masculinely. Mm. I, I wish... They had, I think, what I wish I saw is I wish they had really gone femme. Like, I wish they had gone with heightened femininity and really made the characters women. I think, not women, but presented the same words through female characters, I think, could have been more interesting to me. But that's just me. Um, I'm not downplaying what, the, what they've actually done. It is exciting, and I, I really did enjoy it. Sure. But I just... It, by the end of it, I heard two people behind me having a similar, well, having a conversation, expressing the same thing. It just sort of, they were saying, like, it just sort of felt like there were just men characters doing the same lines, saying the same things. Um, and by the end of it, I'd sort of forgotten that I was watching an all-female cast. It was just a cast doing the show of If Anything Happened on the Way to the Forum. Sure. In the same way that I would not have thought about, and I know that this is 
I don't, uh, I don't know, Jake. I don't know. I think I've lost the train of thought with this no. one. No, that's fine. No, that makes sense. That's interesting. It's just like, but it's like, even there's something interesting in your desire to see these women behave womanly that it's like, there's a, like a reading of that remark that can almost deem it misogynistic. Sure. You know, the idea of like thinking oh, that there's God, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're a reading of it. That's of course not what you're getting at. No. But it's like, there is something in, and <laughs> yeah, I do not want to have a conversation about like gender performativity because it just ends up with people getting mad. Yeah. Um, but, but there's something in like the sense of, I think there maybe, there probably is something in like current gender discourse around this idea of like, is it, <laughs> I don't know, is it, and this is tricky to phrase because there's so many layers of things, but it's like, is there something about the performability of womanness and the expectation of womanness and its associated almost synonyms? Or it's like classic, I don't know, the, the, the words that we seem to list when we're like, okay, so describe performing womanness. Mm. And then someone gives yeah. you a bunch of like adjectives and adverbs underneath it. And it's like, is there something troublesome in the idea of like, Saying things like the thing you just said about mm. the idea of like it seeming wasteful for a woman not to behave womanly on stage or in her characterization. God, that's a really good point. You know, like is there something in that expectation that is inherently regressive or is it celebratory of like traditional femininity? Yeah, well, yeah, because I definitely meant it celebratory. Like yeah. I definitely. Oh, that's the thing, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. But you're right, you're absolutely right. That That's. Maybe I'm part of the problem. <laughs> no, maybe maybe I am part of the problem. No, no well, you're part of the theatre community. Well, there I are know. a bunch of problems I'm, I'm hyperbolizing. I just mean that, yeah, I had I had not, not even thought about that. That is that is very interesting because, yeah. It's something, but it's almost like it comes back to like my one-man show last week of talking about Spring Awakening, the idea of mm. it being like sex and there being gender and the idea of like people being put on stage, telling these stories, playing these characters that the, and the characters themselves having that sex and their gender and how does the performer's sex and or gender engage with that performance mm. and are there ways that you can do that that take away from elements of like what the show can offer or can add things and do the yeah. things that you add, do they point more in a political, socio-political, social, industrial, emotional direction? Like what is it? And then it's like with, with this, what feels like a newfoundly sort of like elaborate understanding that we are kind of cu- like trying to have in the theatrical community about the politics of gender and mm. expression, all those things, there is this additional thing that is becoming increasingly significant in that realm of conversation when it comes to the choices that you make surrounding what, like the gender and the presentation and the identities of the casts and the creatives that you involve with a production yeah. and the things that your show is consciously or not saying about the artist's relationship with those topics of the day. God. You know? Which is interesting, but I can see why, <laughs> I don't know, for particular artists and theatre makers, that's a real stressful thing to have to contend with or to engage with. Mm. You know? And it's very difficult to kind of, like, only say one or two things about these issues when people are going to bring so many biases and interests and agendas into that audience bank. Yeah. Golly. I don't know what... I don't even know what, what my own thoughts on it are now. Like... Sure, but that's like no one's pressuring you to have any final thoughts. Mm. Yeah, but it's but it seems like that was kind of the interest. Well, one of the interests of this, you know, artistic undertaking was to like make people question things about like why is it so revolutionary for this show to be done with all women in it? You know, like why has why hasn't that already why happened? Been done it could also beg the question of like I don't know, should it happen at all? You know, like there there could be people coming at these sorts of things. And, and people have in the past where people do like all woman things or all man things for some sort of reason. And it's like, okay, it seems like you like undid some of the magic of the text. Or yeah. it's like you added this layer that was like artificial on top of this thing that was meant to be something else entirely. You know, there, there's all these conversations you can have about some types of like you can in- interrogate some traditions or like depending on the 
you know, a potentially like a renowned artist's work, you can be like, oh, you've you've added this dimension that you know undercuts the majesty of, you know, these mm. old playwrights. I think I've just had you know at the end of the show we always say, what do we always say? Which thing that we may already disagree with everything yeah. we just said? I think I might already disagree with everything that I've said. Sure, that's fun. Yeah, I, I, I just you know when you just you look at yourself from the outside and you think what was that thought? Mm. Yeah, no, I don't but, know. It's, but it's, it's the same as like the people that were sitting behind you that had similar ideas, mm. you know? Yeah, and it's also the thing too. It's like I feel like especially with theatre, like. You have the initial response and then you, you know, you have some time to think about it. Then you almost get to reflect on your response mm. and then you get to think more about the show and like you just get to digest things, you know? And again, there isn't like a final d- decision you have to make about anything when it comes yeah. to like, artistic interpretation. I think I'm now just sort of like in a state of mind where I'm like, oh, I need to just rethink a whole bunch of stuff about what I thought, what I wanted about. What I th- yeah. But also I, rethink been, everything I, always. <laughs> I've been thrown. I've been thrown here, Jake. Sure. I've been absolutely thrown. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, well, it's something. Um, it was a wonderful production. Another funny thing happened on the way to the forum. That's great. The cast was terrific. And I just... One... My, okay, here's one last thing. Okay. I don't like seeing shows where there's a huge, fabulous cast and then they're never on stage all together. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just wish I'd seen more of them all, like, being... I wish they'd... Because the, we all know there are ten people sitting in the wings... Like, I, I just wish they... I think they... I just always think that if you have a big cast, use the big cast. Well, I think a lot of this is Sondheim's fault. I know, and it's not... That's the <laughs> thing. It's not them. It's just... I wish that I could somehow have seen more of them. Sure. How, sure. That, that's my biggest issue. Okay. I wanted to see more of all of them. Sure. Sure. Well, <laughs> it's good to have wants. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have needs. Um, yeah. That's, and that's what the bowels are for. The bowels. Okay, I thought you said bowels. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you I will never be saying bowels. Yeah, no, it did seem weird coming out of your mouth. Um, as bowels would. Um, seem weird coming out of your mouth. Thank you, I understood. Thank okay. you, James. Uh, yeah, always love seeing a sundown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and it's cool. And it's, yeah, again, just uh, super exciting that they were like willing to, you know, make a statement like this. Totally. And to, and to even, like, in this room with the two of us to, like you know, bring up a really, like, interesting dynamic sort of, like, electric conversation about, like, Yeah, you know. it's also a conversation I just never expected to sort of be shaken by, because, you know, you think you've got a thumb on everything and you're on top of it, and then someone says something and you're like, oh, I guess maybe I was I was wrong about this one. But again, it's not wrong. No, no, I know. You know what I mean, though. Sure. It's not what I think. It's not, it's what, that wasn't the thought that I think I want to express. <laughs> That wasn't the sure. thought that I want to reflect what I believe and what my values and morals are. Sure. And yet that thought betrays those values and morals well, sure, when I, I unpack it. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's the unpacking. Mm. Like, that's what the intelligence part of it is. Thanks. You know, like you have the like, immediate response of like, oh, I wish those women had, like, those women had been able to like pl- be more womanly. Yeah, I think that comment is the thing that's thrown me the most of, of you reflecting that back on me and pointing out that maybe it's misogynistic to expect women to behave womanly. It just, just didn't even enter my, my my brain at all. And I, I like to think that I'm very enlightened and in the know, but that did not even flash up in my mind. Isn't it amazing what theatre can do to your mind? Well, I was going to say, just goes to show that you should always leave your mind open to learn. Hey? (laughs) Yeah. Let's wrap this up before I get (laughs) cancelled. Amazing. Incredible. We did it. We nailed it. They they, they didn't believe in us, but here we are. End of another episode. So, anything you want to say before we wrap things up, Jamesy Pants? Um... Because <laughs> I suppose not with a pause like that. No, having a thought, having a thought. Be good to your mother. 
Right. Eat your greens. Um, yeah, and if you know a handsome, bespectacled man who recently saw police action atop a building near my house, let him know that I'm here. <laughs> and let his wife know we're happy for her. He does not have a wife. He has um, a sister with whom he is close. If you're doing a show for Fringe, reach out. Let us know. If you're doing a show at all. If you're, well, that's also true. If you're doing a show at all, let us know. But Fringe is I coming up. Because you're in a Fringe festival show. You've forgotten that all other theatre exists. I just think, <laughs> I think because Fringe is a big thing coming up, yeah. people are gearing up for it. Reach out. I think you're definitely gearing up for it. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for Fringe. You can't blame me. Um, yeah, we may already disagree with uh, things we've said on this podcast. Our opinions change. We're human beings is what we do. I, during the course of this podcast, went on a journey and, and disagree with things I said in this podcast already. Mm. So, there's that one for you. Yeah. That's growth. That's growth. <laughs> um, yeah, and friends don't let friends become theatre critics. They sure don't. They, they don't. They simply do not. They don't. And if they start to, you grab them by the hair and you bonk their forehead against a brick wall. Jesus Just once. Right. Lightly. We don't condone violence on right, no. Dionysus. Unless it's against burdening uh, theatre critics. <laughs> Apparently. According to Jake. I stand by nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what a bold stance to take. What a cool thing to say. I'm just a goofy little guy. I'm just a goofy guy condoning violence. <laughs> um, yeah, let the music play. <laughs>